I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Right now, we are working on the music for our short film, Close and Lock the Patio Door. And we're trying to come up with the perfect spooky sound. Oh, that... Do you remember... Do you know like how maybe five years ago in like every movie preview there was like this alarm sound that was very similar to what you were just playing except it was like more like like it was like like why did that happen well yeah they and now now with trailers that's our composer emmett and then and then every trailer would open up with a yeah (laughs) (laughs) when i dream i see him in the water. So perfect. Or taking, yeah, but then taking like a classic pop song and then slowing it down. Oh, oh that's that. my least, that's my we hate love, it. We love hating on I that. I hate it. Oops, I did it again. That's my example. Can you hit that note again and I'll just do that first line of the no, trailer? Wait, I want to do Ready? the full, I want to do the full trailer. Okay, let's do the full trailer. So you're, but you play Hugo. Oh, like, I'm, I'm, for this? We're going to do a trailer for Close and Lock the Patio Door. Okay. 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 Here we go. I had to run away. Hugo Gershon is a man that embarrassed himself at a wedding. I had to run away. I'm sorry. What do you mean? There's no caretaker. Then who is she? (laughs) Close and lock the patio door. Fridays. Fridays. (laughs) Every Friday. (laughs) Fridays at lunch. (laughs) A trailer would be great, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We haven't actually made a movie yet. We shot a bunch of footage, and now we have to take all of the footage and turn it into a movie. But that's going to take editing, music, and special effects. We're in the home stretch now. In fact, this time next week... You're going to be able to watch the finished product. So, how do we get from here to there without embarrassing ourselves? Well, we're going to have to be brutally honest with each other. It's unfortunately the worst case scenario, which is that it just didn't really, it's boring and didn't really risk enough to be, it's just, you know what I mean? Like in that way of like, it's just something. It's not like so bad it's good either. We're dealing with the scariest situation of all. A movie that doesn't quite work. It's time to get in the editing suite and slash this film to bits. It's Let's Make a Horror. Last time you heard us bring a film crew up to a cabin with us to shoot our short horror film. 
it was not without its setbacks. I was recovering from eye surgery. Your eye is the most important thing. Our cinematographer had to drop out due to a back injury. I'm on my way to the hospital in an ambulance. But we persevered, and the shoot was a success. Okay, that's a wrap on Closing Lock When we got back, we handed off the footage to our editor, Joe. He assembled it and added a bit of music to make a rough cut. And right now, Maddie Ryan and I are talking to each other for the first time since watching it. Okay, everybody, um, we got the rough cut of Close and Lock the Patio Door. And now we are going to do an open forum of our first impressions, ideas, thoughts, and fears. I found it very enjoyable to watch. Uh, my, bi- my, my biggest takeaway right away, I was like, it's 14 minutes. <laughs> it's 14, 15 minutes long. I didn't think it was going to be that long. I thought it was, I was hoping for like 10. I, I, we need a stronger score. Right now there's just temp music um, to help sell a couple of the scares. And I, I'm, I don't know if, if it works. And it's not, our editor Joe's fault. No, of course. You know, like, like I don't know. I don't think it's the edit. I think I don't know if it's successful in what it is trying to attempt. But I think there's work that can be done to get yeah. it there. But it was also just like it's just so nice when I watched it. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> I I agree with. It was enjoyable, but like, yeah, maybe be like when one looks at a yearbook. <laughs> Yeah, it was enjoyable, but not because it was scary. (laughs) Okay, so there are a few issues. The first is the length. The movie was supposed to be under 10 minutes, and now it's 14. But that's fixable. That's sort of the point of a rough cut. You take everything you shot, and then cut it together. Roughly. I think we could cut so much out. I agree. I could see, without even tightening up individual moments, losing six minutes. I think that we should lean into the campiness. Mm. Maybe things are out of order a little bit more and just like, it's just more using and fast and weird. And we could get mm. maybe a little bit more messy with it. I think that's good instincts. A little bit more yeah. like, yeah, just to like to throw up, throw people's off and like quicker, weirder. Yeah. That's a good instinct. I like that. Nothing is like fucked. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I agree. Nothing's fucked. Mm hmm. But, I mean, the ending is just that scary. Mm-hmm. And sort of doesn't make any sense why my presence slash disappearance causes the monster in the hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Maddie, you look great. I thought you were, I thought you were great. I thought your performance was great. I thought Maddie was really funny and like, yeah, very like. Funny in a. I love in it a, when you're tapping on the patio door and you're like, "Let me in." Did yeah, you tap come on, it? come on. Yeah, I love very it. funny. I've noticed nobody said I was good. And Mark, you I were think, great. You know, no, you I think great. that there's. I think there's a problem with the monster. I don't think it's scary. It's just a guy. It doesn't look like. A it's, it's 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 what my fear has always was that it would just be me standing at the patio. Like, how do we? Not performance problem. It's just a conceptual one. So our biggest fear has come true. The monster isn't working. If you recall, the monster we wrote was supposed to be simple, an eerie presence with black eyes. 
But that all was just thrown into jeopardy when I couldn't get the black contacts in on set. Oh, like if we don't have the contacts, we don't really have a monster. Yeah, well, what do you want me to do? Not put it in some more? In that moment, we all banked on our editor Joe's ability to make my eyes black with VFX. Uh, I think Joe can do eyes. Joe was really quite confident about Great. it. Okay, yeah. okay. And the good news is, he did. But the bad news is, it's not working. I'd love to talk to someone about getting, like, what what more can we do in post with your eyes uh, to make it seem a little bit, like, more fucked up? It's so right now, I can't really tell. Like, I really, like, think that, like, in any way... blue might be, or something? Or just, like, bigger. Like, can they can we increase the size of them so, like, yeah. you can really see that your, like, eyes have no people... You know what I mean? Can yeah. we, can right. we make we it look really... a little bit more fucked up? Is there anything yeah. we can do to fuck it up a little bit? Sorry, I'm swearing so much. Yeah, something to make me more hideous. I mean, up to and including replacing me with full CGI. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, I don't know. I'm picturing like 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 a tar monster, like that's wiggly and gooey. But I I just think like maybe I'm talking dumb, but I think we can make those eyes weirder somehow. Yeah. No, I think we could. I think there's something that can happen, even if it even if it looks. Even if it looks absurd, I think that I would rather go that way where it's more like art house, even if it doesn't yeah, I mean, like doesn't totally perfectly match. You know what I mean? Like exactly yeah. how it should look. If mm -hmm. It looks a little fucked up. I think that would be fun. Like it would be like if he was a bobblehead guy, like if the head was really big, like it would be scary. It would be yeah. funny yeah. Like, if it really was. Can you enlarge the head? Can you <laughs> make the eyes? I think, I think the eyes goofy. being bigger, like, yeah, or like even like. Or no face. No face. Or just no face. Total Can there shadow. be no face? So, yeah, the main issue is the monster. Monster and ending. No, I agree. Ending and monster. Uh, okay, the monster and the ending. Here's the thing about the monster. It's not really the eyes that are the problem. It's the rest of me. Mainly the costume. I'm wearing jeans and a hoodie. The concept is that I'm wearing the same thing Ryan has on because I represent his personal demons. But... That doesn't really come across on screen. I'm just a guy. And so when I eventually kill Ryan, it's like, who is this normal guy killing Ryan? And presumably with just his soft, bare hands. Not a logic issue of why there's no weapon. It's that once with the monster issue of we've seen this monster's normal ass hand. We didn't have any sharp teeth. He's just like, it's just like, oh, and he killed him. And, you know what I mean? Well, there's an option of him not killing him. There's there because the original the original idea was that he, he was never he never had like a weapon. I think in the original pitch, it just ends. He's just it ends with either in the house with him when he's in the house. Make it a little bit more unsettling, perhaps the ending. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Like because then, cause then he doesn't you get mean from that. Yeah, we could at least look at it. Losing any of the attack. Yeah, we still need a, a scarier looking guy. Cool. What a film we've made. No, it's it's a fine film. It just might not be a terrifying film at the moment. Yeah. And like <laughs> it's unfortunately the worst case scenario, which is that it just didn't really it's boring and didn't really risk enough to be it's just you know what I mean? Like in that way of like it's just something. It's not like yeah. it's so bad it's good either. Yeah. But I do think I think we can get yeah. away I think we can push it away from boring in some way. I think, Mark, you're just going to have to roll up your sleeves and get in that editing studio and make it messy and weird. 
with Joe. You're going to have to wade in there and be like, look, buddy, put him up against the wall yeah. and say, this is what I need. That's my style. Kick down a door. I agree with you. I think the biggest problem is the is the monster. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Okay. We're not where we hoped we'd be at this stage. In a perfect world, the editing process would have highlighted the brilliance of the footage we shot. But instead, editing will have to fix the footage we shot. That's not the best position to be in. But this is all part of filmmaking. That being said, we are going to need some help getting out of this. I'm Nanachka Khan, the director of Totally Killer. Like us, Nanachka comes from the comedy world. She's a writer-director who created the sitcoms Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 and Fresh Off the Boat. She also directed the rom-com Always Be My Maybe. And in 2023, she directed her first horror movie, the slasher comedy Totally Killer. Oh my god. Okay, this really isn't funny. What's the first thing you notice or think about when you're making the transition from doing comedies to horror? I mean, I think definitely the first thing uh, that was like brand new territory for me was uh, just the fight sequences, Mm -hmm. you know, like trying to figure out doing the previous, like working with the stunt team, you know, once you pick a location, then they start like literally measuring the hallway, like the beginning fight, the Julie Bowen, you know, the first kind of fight sequence kill in the movie. Mm. they had to like take all these measurements and figure out like, how do we move through this space? You know, it was a practical location. It wasn't on stage. So like the previs, the storyboard, you know, all that stuff was um, new territory for me. Right. Uh, Which it was so fun, but yeah, it was, it was brand new. Are there any just like horror, horror stories or like just like like things that happen on set where things went terribly wrong or set nightmares? I mean, I think like the, biggest nightmares are always for me like weather related you know mm-hmm. when we shot this movie it was pouring rain we shot in the sum- last summer in vancouver and it was an atmospheric river yes uh, mm-hmm. which means like it just, it just doesn't stop raining so we were mostly uh in practical locations so you kind of just are it just affects everything yeah. and then you know we were shooting in the cabin that full cabin sequence they were like uh mice everywhere and we couldn't oh. Because it was like a, it was a owned by like the state or something. So you, they you don't let you like do anything to it. So you can't even try to get rid of these mice. The mice are residents. The mice are, res- <laughs> the mice are protected by British <laughs> Columbia law or whatever. I was like, can we not get rid of some of these mice? And they're like, no, don't touch the mice. So I'm like, okay. That's great. Wait, wait, is that real? The- <laughs> yeah. There's like a ski run like right there. And this is just a cabin that we found that our production mm. designer found one day. And because it's controlled by the government or whatever, you can't put out mousetraps. You can't like, you know, you can't spray any sort of whatever. You can't poison anything because they're afraid it'll 
had some sort of knock-on effect. I'm not quite sure, but they were like, don't touch the mice. Yeah, there's a big uh, mice big mice lobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big cheese or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, I'd like to tell you about what we've shot and I'm, <laughs> we're going to just desperately ask for your help and see if we can get anywhere. Uh, yes. uh, as of right now, we have a rough draft edit. We have a first edit of the, of the film. We've shot it. Uh, we're in trouble. <laughs> so, because uh, when I watched your movie, I was like, oh, I was so jealous. I was like, why didn't we just do something that's like light and like good? <laughs> why don't we just do something good? Uh, no, no, no. We're, I, I, like, I like what we've done. We're just in trouble. So uh, I have a couple of questions. Um, one of them is, you know, when you don't have the ability to do reshoots, we don't have a budget. Um <laughs> Are, like, what do you do when you when you feel like something's not working? When you when you when you're it, when you see an edit, like, what what's your initial? What's your first instinct when you're like, this is not working? What what do you do? You just have to get. For me, I just need to get in there. Like, I have to get into the edit bay with the editor and mm-hmm. like open it up mm-hmm. and right. start from the top or identify. You know, start from like that first moment where you, the killers or the monsters trying to come in. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And just be like, what do we have? Right. And if we like, what did we shoot? Because like, why is this not scary? Maybe it's not scary because we're not, we don't have enough runway before the monster appears. Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's too fast, you know? So we got to, now we got to like, let's go back and, and try to create tension a little bit more. Like, did we have anything in between shots? Like we have empty hallways, like an empty room, like stuff like that. You never really intended. Like just go, I would go through all the footage mm-hmm even from other scenes and be like, is there something we can steal and put here? You would never normally in any other genre cut to an empty room or like an empty hallway, (laughs) right? Like, what are we watching? What are we looking at? You know? And you're Mm. just like, there's no actors here. Like nothing's happening. But in, in horror, I think because we're not used to seeing an empty room on screen, it feels like we feel the tension of that because it's like, why are they showing us Mm. this? Is somebody in this room? Like, what's happening you know uh, i think that the expectation of the audience is kind of like why are we seeing this there must be something coming and then i would sound design is a huge part of that you know so mm-hmm. it's like you you also have to cut yourself a little bit of slack because it's like you're watching it and there's no real like uh, you know i don't know what you are on before like if you're on ryan like you know on the couch or something and he hears like the door lock or something you know and then he's like what yep. was that and that you know so it's just like sort of if the scare's not playing, I think it's a, a problem with the setup, you know? So mm. it's like when the, when you first see the monster, is it too expected? Like, do you have to, you know, how do you surprise the audience? I think mm. with the reveal. I love the, I, like, yeah, that's great. I love, I love that, you know, just to open up, look at all the footage and go, okay, what are we playing with here? What do we have? And, uh, what do we and have? Then, yeah. And then just, and then intercutting, I think is a great, that's a little great piece of advice. Um, so the original idea was that my eyes would be black um, but we couldn't get the contacts in my eyes, um, which is funny because I wear contacts. Yeah. Uh, so we did yeah. it in post. We like had these, and it just, it just doesn't play. It just doesn't look, it just, I just look like a guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> have, uh, have, have you, have you ever come across that where just something just doesn't look as you imagined? I mean, I, I can't imagine that actually happens often because you do see it. Like, you know what you're looking at, but like when you're like in the, in the editing bay, you're just like, this is not what I envisioned. Like, do you, do you just throw it away and like try something different or, or 
Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, honestly, like it's, it's the same thing where it's like, this is not playing, you know, there's sequences where you're kind of like, uh, yeah, this is not scary. Like what, what do we have? Like, Mm -hmm. what can we do? I, you know, I think sound design is always a big thing for me. It's like, at least with totally killer, you know, I kept going back and forth with how much do we hear the killers breathing, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so I, I did a pass where you have the, breath every single time he's in the scene and that felt too like human i was just trying to walk mm, this line between mm. you know he is a human so it's not like supernatural but he is kind of a little bit heightened yeah. right so yeah um yeah i, I just it, it just sort of everything gets put on the table you know it's the same thing with comedy right where it's mm. like when you're you could love a joke on the page and then you shoot it or for whatever reason you screen it and it's just not funny and you're like this God, like I really fucked this up. Like it was funny on the page. I don't know why it's not translating. But you have to like sometimes kill your babies, yeah. right? So you're like, yeah. well, I mean, I love this joke, but it's just not working. Like let's just cut it. Yeah. And it just sometimes when you let go of that stuff, you're like, oh, this plays much. You know, if we're not asking for a laugh here, maybe the scene plays better. I mean, that's that is on the table. Maybe we just cut the monster at all, and it's all or completely, and it's just like what you don't see. We'll see. Everything's on the table at the moment. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, maybe you lose the close-ups of the monster if you can yes. see. <laughs> maybe you stay further back. I think maybe that's that's actually the the play there because it, it, once you get to see my like you know soft features and unintimidating look, I think you know, I think that's where the uh... We're like is the monster crying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does the monster look more scared than our guy? <laughs> Okay, so maybe it's that simple. If the monster isn't scary, just show less of it. It's like when they were making Jaws. The mechanical shark kept breaking down, so they used it in fewer shots. But not seeing the shark ended up actually being scarier than seeing it. So that's what we'll do. We just won't show the monster until we have to. We have Ryan's reaction shots. Can we scare the audience just from that? The formula for success isn't just a matter of subtracting the monster, we also need to do some addition. Nanachka suggested adding some sound design. We're not really watching the scariest version of the movie until all the scary sound and music is in place. I I have my library of instruments, so string sections and wind sections. And And that's why right now we're meeting with our composer, Emmett Hall. Okay, we're talking, and and here we go. One, two, three, clap. Emmett is a talented musician who has scored cartoons and video games and even an independent feature. But we mostly know him because for about a decade, he was the musical director in Ryan and my improv group, The Sunday Service. He was on stage with us week after week, providing musical texture for our live performances. For the 10 years I did that with The Sunday Service, I had to have quite an arsenal of genres and a vocabulary. Right. And skills to move on this spot and also to kind of follow a narrative. That's why I think I'm pretty excited to delve into this oh is because uh, because it is so much of um, playing with the moments and yeah. I have so much power. Yeah. <laughs> you I really do. do. I make you a totally break. totally do. And, uh, We're in Emmett's studio doing what is known as a spotting session. We're watching the film and stopping and starting when we want to talk about our musical ideas. The overall palette yeah. will have something a little... Yeah. Discomfort. Unsettled. Um, hopefully, yeah. Uh, so let's let's get into it. I think we should actually play the film. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And we start talking about the movie in ways we hadn't really considered. Giving Ryan's character a theme 
or uh, mm. sound. Is there a theme f- or feeling for for the monster? Like there's. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have anything right now that that you're thinking that that could possibly be, in terms of like what could what the monster might what the motif might be at uh, all? This is not a test. No, the. I mean, I like the. Um, instead of making it huge and bombastic and something like that, even, you know, that, I mean, that's a pretty big giveaway and it can work, Mm -hmm. but taking something like, I think I mentioned that idea of like taking snaps. Yeah. Yeah. And like making a weird, yeah, making, taking snaps, making them a little bit weird and clicky. Yeah. And all of a sudden just some kind of twisted pattern that makes you unsettling. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like you, this really freaky monster has this really basic little yeah. yeah i love yeah. that yeah. i love that yeah so i think there's lots of room to play with those kind of things cuz you can get um cuz i i mean i've got these sounds yeah that's <laughs> like, it wor- it's great it's yeah, awesome yeah. but I, I i i like the snapping yeah i like it more like yeah yeah. Percussive or whatever. Like, is there anything you could build with with uh, breathing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that too, or like snapping breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, because I mean, rhythmic stuff is a whole other. And another another idea would be like, what can you build with uh, with the, a scary breeze through a door? Like, you know, just that whistling of wind well, through a door. How about that? Like taking the sliding door sound effect. Yeah. Oh. Making that into a sample and then... Yeah, and that's, with that. that's a great idea. We're not only trying to figure out the sound of the music, but when there should be no music at all. Like the moment when Ryan's character reads the rules of the cabin. So when we see Always Close and Lock the Patio Door, yeah. do we want anything like that's a kind of the punctuation on it musically? Or do we want to like, or does that just feel a bit ham-fisted? Like it's been like, well, look at this. Yeah, because sometimes I think like, is it just, this is what I, and this is where I get, this is where uh, I can step over my own feet or step on the movie itself. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, is this part boring? Well, I better yeah, put, right. I better put music in it. Yeah. Because he's just right. looking at a piece of paper. Yeah. And I go, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit much. So maybe uh, probably nothing. But, I mean, something like. we choose which places should have music and what shouldn't we decide on some eerie tones throughout the overnight part of the movie and then we come to the scene where ryan's character is quickly packing his bags in order to leave now do you want this to be almost like chase like i think so i think i don't know i didn't i didn't think of it that way but I think maybe, maybe like an under version of that. Yeah. Well, here, look, okay, let's discuss because I don't feel like he's suddenly on a time clock. Like he, like it's his own clock to get out of there, but he's like yeah. been sleeping all night. Like, but, but if there's like, I a, mean, that's, like, like that's, an under yeah, one, you know like I mean? already like an hearing one it. where it's like, he's yeah. got to go. Yes. No, Whatever he's feeling, he's got to go. Yeah. And that just feels like his heart racing, which is great. Something like that is really yeah. nice. That's nice. There is also a song that ends our film. In the rough cut, our editor added a folky singer-songwriter tune over the closing credits. It's by Chris Christopherson, and obviously we can't afford to license it, but maybe we can make something of our own. Saw my face in a person who looked just like me. Maybe. I went to a wedding 
embarrass myself so bad. So I went to a cabin in the woods to be real sad. We're lucky to have Emmett, who knows what he's doing. In fact, we're lucky to have everyone who's worked on this. Our whole crew, and all the experts we've talked to along the way. And so I guess, if it turns out this movie isn't scary, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves. But here's the thing. I'm okay with that. I'm a big believer in the value of failure. And maybe that's an easy thing to say when you feel like you're failing. Oh, I'm failing, it's fine, I planned this. But it's true. I believe that you have to actually try something if you're ever going to succeed, and part of trying is failing. Sometimes it's a major part. Sometimes it's the whole part. No matter what it is that you want to do, whether it's playing the piano or stand-up comedy or making a horror film, you don't learn how to do it by reading a book or interviewing experts. You learn by doing it. And quite often, you have to do it in public. That's how you succeed, even though it can be really embarrassing. And in the spirit of embarrassing yourself to succeed, I have something I need to share. This isn't my first horror movie. Well, it is my first time writing and directing one, but I have acted in quite a few independent horror movies. And for the first time ever, I'm showing them to Ryan and Maddie. I'm so excited for this, Mark. Thank you for sharing this. This is... I hate every second of this, just so you know. This is not (laughs) that fun for me. A little backstory. About 15 years ago, in my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, I did a string of B-movies, including The Wedding Slashers, The Stink of Flesh, Clown Camp Massacre, and this one, Romeo and Juliet vs. The Living Dead, directed by my friend Ryan Denmark, where the Montagues were all zombies, and I played Mercutio. Unclasp thy zombie (laughs) and leave him go with me. (laughs) You speak against thy kin, your mind rots like his. My mind is enslaved by my heart. I can't get over the Romeo's a zombie. I know. (laughs) I bite my thumb off at thee. Oh, that happens. Oh, really? Yeah, that happens in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's not great. But it brings me to my point. You can't succeed at making a movie if you don't actually try to make one. And that's what attracted me to these movies. These filmmakers weren't sitting around talking about the perfect movies they were going to make one day. They were taking action and making these imperfect movies right away. I said yes to these movies because I knew they would actually get made. Like this other one, Necroville where I play a vampire named Clark and am killed by having holy water urinated on me. He's going to pee on you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bloody death scene where I scream for a minute and 20 seconds straight. It's such a long scene that as I reflect back on this time in my life, this wild creative stretch, I know that whatever I'm feeling, whether it's nostalgia or embarrassment or happiness, those feelings will eventually pass. But 
my screaming in this scene will continue for another 45 seconds. I definitely, watching those movies would make me feel like, oh yeah, like, you just make stuff with your friends your whole career, if you're lucky, and you get to, yeah, that's all it is, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we just make stuff together. Yeah. Forever. You're just, and now we, we probably have an aesthetic like that too, where it's like, we'll look yeah. back in 10 years and be like, oh, that's funny, we made those decisions, you know? The important thing about this podcast series is that it forces us to make something and complete it. Whether it's fantastical, romantic, or scary. And is our horror film scary? I have no idea. But it's done. And that's all that matters. Next week on Let's Make a Horror, it's the world premiere of Close and Lock the Patio Door. It's time for you to judge whether we made a scary movie or not. We'll tell you where you can watch it, and then you'll hear us bare our souls about the entire thing. I did not help this time. I cannot help. I did not help. Don't disagree with me. Every instinct I had was the opposite. I do not want to make horror, and I will never do it ever again. That's next time on the season finale of Let's Make a Horror. Let's Make a Horror is a production of CBC Podcasts and Kelly and Kelly, created by Kelly and Kelly, hosted by Ryan Beal, Mark Chavez, and Maddie Kelly. This episode was written and produced by Dave Shumka and Chris Kelly. For Kelly and Kelly, the executive producers are Lauren Berkovich and Pat Kelly. Associate producer, Rebecca Peng. For CBC, Anna Ashite is the coordinating producer. Jeff Turner is the senior producer. The executive producer is Chris Oak. And RF Narani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly. Oh my gosh, Cosmo, there you are. Yes, I am here. What happened? How did you get here? They got me. Who? Them. Who? For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.